Come in. Welcome. Welcome to Mystery Theater. I am Hyman Brown. One of the perpetual mysteries in life is explored in a game of solitaire. In a few moments of reflection, haven't you sometimes wondered what if I hadn't been there at that particular moment, or what if I had been? What would have happened if I had been there with someone else, or if no one was there to help me? Would the same thing have happened under different circumstances? Or would everything be changed if... if... This is the game that is played in our mystery drama. Goodbye, Dave. Boy, am I glad to see you open your eyes. You mean hello, don't you? No. I heard what they said. What? Who said? I don't know. Those voices. They said I didn't have a prayer. <laughs> you dreamed it, my friend. You've been unconscious for hours. Where are we? In the base hospital. I'm going to die. Sure. We're all going to die someday. But not this time around. You just lie still, old buddy. You can tell me later how it feels to have my blood in your veins. Our mystery drama, Fateful Reunion, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Elizabeth Pennell and stars Robert Dryden and Jennifer Harmon. I'll be back shortly with Act One. Our opening scene took place some 50 years ago when two very young draftees as members of the Allied forces were thrown together in the landing at the beach in Normandy. Since then, the bonds of friendship have never been broken. Now, they are middle-aged men and they've gone their own separate ways. But over the years, one solemn promise has always been kept. No matter what's going on in their lives or where they are, they meet for a reunion on June 6th, D-Day. I thought I was a goner that time for sure. You saved my life, David. Blood saved your life. If it hadn't been mine, it would have been someone else's. Oh, but you were my buddy. Damn right I was. After you'd saved my life, hanging upside down with my parachute all tangled up in that tree... I must have looked pretty funny. <laughs> you did. I thought you'd never find your pocket knife. <laughs> well, raise the glass. Happy 31st reunion. Ah, good Lord, Dave, what's happened to time? Can you believe that many years have gone by? In some ways, I can. An awful lot has happened. How things been going with you in this past year, Gary? Oh, can't complain. Lucy's a jewel, as always. Although I realize I won't have her much longer. <laughs> Nonsense. She and Doug will be living here in New York, won't they? Oh, speaking of New York, it was darn nice of you to make the trip here this year. Great for me, too. Chance to visit the big city, see my son. Hi, gentlemen. And your charming daughter. Uncle David. How good to see you. <laughs> oh, don't I get one, too? Of course, Dad. <laughs> Guess I'm supposed to say Happy D-Day, but I'm not going to. 
Oh, what's wrong with a couple of old army pals getting together? Everything. Now, don't knock it, Lucy. Without our yearly get-togethers, you, my dear daughter, would never have met a certain young man who happens to be my best friend's son. I give up. Incidentally, where is my son? Oh, I meant to tell you. He's working late. I'm going to meet him at the office, and while you two are having your own party, we're going to one. But not in honor of D-Day. Well, I suppose other things did happen on this date. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like last year when Doug and I got engaged. But please stay right where you are while I get dressed. Before you take off, I want to use you as guinea pigs. <laughs> Lucy, what in the world are you doing in that weird get-up? <laughs> Can you guess what I'm supposed to be? Well, the headgear and all those beads make you look like a gypsy. Right. And what do you think I have under this striped scarf? Well, if you're a gypsy, it must be a crystal ball. Right again. <laughs> Voila! Well, that's no crystal ball. It's a computer. Also correct. The 21st century's answer to the all-seeing eye of past, present, and future. Yeah, I'll bet. No, really. It's fabulous. Doug's been working on this for a long time. Well, I know he works on computers, but why all the gypsy stuff? Well, we're going to a fundraising thing where I'm supposed to tell fortunes. And believe me, our booth is going to bring in a million dollars. Well, I'll admit your costume is startling, but... uh... Not the costume, Dad. This gadget. You've never seen anything like it. Looks like most calculators are small computers to me. Oh, but it's not. This is a truth machine. I see it has a tape. That's handy. Shows how it works. Well, I'll have to put on the big act. Ah, mighty computer, it is Madame Lucy who calls you. Reach into your fabulous brain and tell us true whatever we want to know. (laughs) Get a load of that phony accent. (laughs) The gentleman to my right, tell us his first name, color of his eyes, and the color of his hair. Take a look at that. Uh, uh, name, David. Mm-hmm. Eyes, blue-green. Color of hair, gray. Uh, well, that's amazing. Uh, let's see that tape. <laughs> the gentleman to my left. First name, color of eyes, and color of hair, if you please. I'll be darned. Name, Gary. Color of eyes, Hazel. Hair, question mark? (laughs) (laughs) I'll ask that again. Color of his hair, if you please. (laughs) It's got your number, Gary. The tape says, the man is bald. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's very funny. The whole thing's a frame-up. Obviously, Lucy's fed data into this machine. Honestly, Dad, I have no idea how it works. It just always comes up with the right answer. All right. Ask it where my home is, uh, what I do for a living. Oh, I know. 
My wife's name. I'll bet it can't answer that. The gentleman named David. Tell us, oh mighty one, what is his occupation? Where does he live? And what is the name of his wife? There you are. Mr. David is a bank president in Des Moines, Iowa. His wife's name is Jean. I'll be darned. It's quite a trick. Oh, I don't think there's any trick to it, Uncle David. This is different. It's your turn, Dad. Just try to stump it. Okay. Here's something that machine would never know. Ask it the license plate number of my car. What is the license plate number of my father's car? Oh, uh, the tape says 892NYX. Is that right, Gary? Yeah, of course it's right. Now I know this is a frame-up. You and Douglas got together and fed it answers to all the usual questions any fool would ask. It'll be great at your party if you know everybody there. It isn't like that, Dad. Truly it isn't. Why, this computer can actually predict. Uh, no, not predict, but actually tell what will happen in the future. Uh-huh. All right, let's test its brain power on that score. Ask where our reunion will be held next year. Yeah, that's a good one. Mighty computer... Where will Gary and David meet for their next D-Day reunion? Here, I'll tear off the tape. You read it, Dave. What does it say? It says... There will be no reunion next year. Now I know it's a hoax. I don't understand. How can you say that? Well, I'm beginning to agree with you, Gary. Lucy, if you and Doug really didn't feed that computer bank, ask it why there'll be no reunion next year. I will. Not... Not that. Well, what's the matter, Pat? Oh, it... It's come out all gibberish. The, the, the machine must have jammed or something. I'll... I'll have to ask Doug to unscramble it. Sounds mighty suspicious. I'll take that computer business up with my son tomorrow. Right now, can we drop you off in our cab? Uh, no, thanks. Uh, Doug won't be through for another hour. Oh, give me a big hug, both of you. Uh, I hope you have a wonderful evening. <laughs> certainly have a complicated lock on that door. Oh, just security measures. We close up tight at 5.30. How are you, love? Miserable. Oh, what's that? Come on in for a minute. I don't want to go through with any more of that computer thing tonight. Honey, wait a minute. What's wrong? First of all, open the bag and take out the computer. All right. I hate that black devil. What? You hate this revolutionary piece of equipment which may have the potential of changing the course of the whole world? I don't think anyone should look into the future. You can't change something that's destined to happen. Well, the, who's talking about predestination? 
You put those answers into that box, didn't you, Doug? I helped put it together, if that's what you mean, but this particular computer is brand new. It goes way beyond anything I've ever worked on. But you do know how it works. Well, not exactly, no. That's why we're so excited. The damn thing actually seems to have a mind of its own. Doug, you must stop experimenting with this monstrous thing. Never. Lucy, I simply don't understand what's gotten into you. Hey, we've always been honest with one another, haven't we? I always thought so, up till now. What's so different about now? I don't pretend to know anything about computers, but... I do know they can't think for themselves. No, not exactly. This computer was programmed to give certain answers, wasn't it? It was fed thousands of facts and figures by a team of researchers, but we have no control over the choices its mechanical mind will make. Don't you see how dangerous that is? No, I don't. Well, fortunately, our fathers both thought it was a hoax. Oh. Something happened. When you used the computer today, didn't it? Didn't it? Oh, Doug. They wanted to know the answer to the question, where will they hold their reunion next year? (laughs) Oh, those old soldiers. Wouldn't they just? Don't laugh, Doug. You ask it that question. Go ahead, ask it. Okay, okay. Where will my dad and Lucy's dad hold their usual reunion next year? Go ahead, Doug. Read what it says. There will be no reunion next year. Well, what do you know? Don't you see? They said it was a frame-up. They accused us of collusion to try and keep them from having a D-Day meeting. Did you do it, Doug? Lucy, I swear I had nothing to do with it. I. Oh, come on. There's nothing you get so upset about. Only there is. Because they asked one more question. And I got an answer which I refused to accept. All right. What was the question? You ask it. Go ahead. Ask the machine why there will be no reunion. Okay. Please, God. The answer won't be the same as it was the last time. All right, all right. Let's see. Oh, no. Oh, no. The tape says, because one of them will be dead. Well, now you know why Lucy was so upset when she crumpled the tape and pretended it was nothing but gibberish. Well, perhaps that's all it really was. Computers have been known to get things mixed up just the way people do. On the other hand, this computer may be right. One big difference between computers and people is the psychological effect an idea can have when it is implanted in the human brain. We'll learn more about that when Mystery Theater returns with Act Two. A computer can be a very useful tool if you're trying to balance the books or solve an abstract problem. And the idea of a computer which would figure out human problems seems like an innovation to be highly desired. 
But right now, a young technologist is confronted with a whole new aspect of the mechanical brain. It's unsettling to be told by a doctor, a fortune teller, or even by a robot that someone dear to you is going to die. You don't believe that, do you, Doug? I, uh, I, I, I don't want to believe it. Well, somebody must want to frighten us. Somebody who fed data into that machine. Honey, I keep telling you, this computer doesn't work like that. It has freedom of choice. Well, so do I. And I will not accept the word of a, a thinking machine. Our fathers are still young. It isn't as though one of them were ill or, or is in any kind of danger. Wait a minute. You're sure that neither your dad or mine saw what was on that tape? They saw the tape about no reunion. But I tore up the other one. Ah. The tape that said one of them would be dead. And, and pretended that there was no answer. But there was an answer. And that means now we have to ask another question. I don't want to hear anymore. Lucy, we have to. We must find out so maybe we can prevent it from happening. What question do you propose to ask? I have to ask the computer to tell us which one will die. I don't want to know. Well, I do. And I'm going to find out. Don't tell me. Please don't tell me. Well, look at that, will you? He's never done this before. Honey, please take your hands away from your ears and listen. It was all a mistake, wasn't it? I don't know. The tape says, I cannot tell you. There, you see. It is a hoax. No, 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 no. This computer is programmed to respond. I'll make it tell me. Come on, come on. Which one will it be? Which one? It sounds angry. No, I'm the one who's angry, and it better tell me this time. I, I guess you better tell me what it says. Huh. At least it apologized. Come on, Doug. Computers don't... The tape says, sorry, but I cannot answer your question. Well, then... If it can't answer that one, it can't answer anything. Uh-uh, that's not so. It's always given straight answers before. You know it has. Sure, when it was fun and games. All right, maybe we're taking this too seriously. I could be wrong, you know, about what a computer can do. Oh, good Lord, look how late it is. We promised to raise some money for a good cause. Do you think I can still go through with it? Sure. I mean, just sidestep any serious questions. You know what I mean? Pretend it is just a trick if you have to. There may be a lot more to this machine than than anyone has dreamed of. Taxi! Taxi! You did say we're going to that place where the boots are good. I hope it's still good. Haven't been there for years. Hey, cab! Get in, Gary. Thanks. Hey, where to? Hey, you know the uh, restaurant... Monsieur Henry's. Sure, fancy French place, otherwise known as Mr. Henry's. Old times coming back. He reminded me of someone. Yeah, who? That little French nurse, one with the big brown eyes. <laughs> Whatever made you think of her? Wait, wait a minute. We're going in the wrong direction. He's taking us uptown. Can't prove it by me. I never know north from south in New York. Driver, where are you going? Well, you said Monsieur Henry's, didn't you? Yes, it's on 52nd Street. I never heard of it being there. The only one I know is on East 86th Street. 
Well, that's not where we want to go. Go back to 52nd between 5th and 6th. Well, you should have told me sooner, mister, but there's a two-way street coming up. Maybe I can uh, still make the light. Watch out for that truck! Well, we lived through another close one. Cheers. Cheers, I think. <laughs> if that trailer truck had been going any faster, well, you were sitting on the bad side. Eh, could have been me, could have been you, or both of us. Yeah. You know, I got to thinking about that computer thing. So die. Could have been telling us there'd be no reunion this year. Ah, well, here we are, though. So let's eat and count our blessings before this lucky day is over. <laughs> Madam Lucy, you were sensational. Oh, not much thanks to your marvelous computer. When the tapes came out blank, I had to make up the answers. Well, you're a born fortune teller, that crazy computer. Almost as if it refused to operate because I'd insulted it. Okay, tomorrow, back to the drawing board. <laughs> hey, I have an idea. Let's pick up our dads. They've had enough time to hash over the old war stuff. All right, you know where they are? Turn here. They used to go to that French restaurant. Oh, what's the name? I, I think it's in the next block. Oh. You mean up there where all that crowd is? Why, yes. That's where it used to be. Oh, honey, I don't want to get mixed up in all that mess. I mean, it looks like police cars and, a, a, and an ambulance. Oh, Doug. I have a terrible feeling. Drive up there. Oh, honey, I, I can't. The, the, look at it. The block is jammed. That's their restaurant. And something's happened. Now, Luce, baby, take it easy. Can't you get any closer? With all those cars in front of us? The ambulance is pulling away. And there go the police cars. Look, Lucy, I think you picked the wrong block. That's no French restaurant. I know it. It says Club Shannon Door. Well, then, let's go on to your apartment, okay? No, Doug, we've got to find them. But if you don't remember where that restaurant is... I do remember. It was right here. The name's been changed, but this is the same place. We've got to go in and see if they're in there. It's all right, folks. Excitement's over. Enjoy your supper. Have a round of drinks on the house. Music for dancing until three... Ah, yes, a table for two? Actually, we were just looking for some people. Lucy, who... I don't think they'd be in a place like this. Well, it's not the way it used to be, but you know how they are for going back to their old home. Okay, okay. There's another room out this way. And if you find your friends, we'll be glad to give you a big table. All right, thanks. This doesn't look like their kind of crowd, but uh, what if... Honey, look, let's get out of here, all right? Wait, that ambulance... What if it had something to do with them? Your imagination is running wild. Now, come on, let's go. Not yet. Uh, maybe you folks would like to stop at the bar? No, 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 thank you. But if you haven't been to the Club Shannon Door before... Uh, you... What happened here before we came in? Oh, don't worry, lady. We run a nice place here. It was just an unfortunate accident. Could have happened anywhere. Well, there was an ambulance. Someone must have been sick or, or had an accident. That was just his tough luck. Whose tough luck? A man got hurt. Ah, uh, wait a minute. Who are you, lady? Somebody from the press? No, but I have to know who was hurt and where they've taken him. Well, how should I know? Come on, Lucy, let's go. No, it's important. We just want to make sure it had nothing to do with our, um, our friends, you know? Well, there were these two young fellows at a table over there. 
Hey, tell you the truth, I didn't like the looks of them from the time they come in. What? See, now you can relax, Lucy. They were young fellas. Now let's go over to the bar. Not till I find out some more. Lady, you must be an ambulance chaser. What a dreadful thing to say. I hate violence. Well, these two characters got violent. You mean they had a fight? They got in an argument. None of my business to know what it was about, but one of them picked up a steak knife. I guess I don't want to hear any more. Of course, I'm not sure he would have used it. That is, if the old guy hadn't interfered. What old guy? Oh, uh, well, maybe not old, but there were these two middle-aged men sitting at the next table. What did they look like? Oh, conservative-looking gentlemen. Nice, quiet customers. Go on. Well, Go yeah, on. You understand, I, I wasn't right there. I... I didn't see what actually took place. Not till somebody yelled, they were stabbed. Well, it seems these two older guys got very upset when they saw the young man waving a knife. So one of them jumped up and tried to stop him. Oh, no. Maybe it was a brave thing to do, but to my mind, it was pretty stupid. Well, wouldn't you have tried to stop him if you'd been standing there? No, I wouldn't have tried to knock the knife out of his hand the way that man did. Oh. But which one got hurt? And a young fella just sort of automatically slashed out at the older guy. Was he... Was he... Ki no, he wasn't dead when they took him away, if that's what you want to know. Where have they taken him? Well, to a hospital, of course. Well, I, I wouldn't know which one. And, and, and the other man, I mean, the one who was with him, where's he? The other older fella went out with his friend. Oh. And the two young punks were hauled off by the police. Well, you must have the names of these people. Look, if you're not the police or the press, get off my back. You can read all about it tomorrow morning. Please, we just want to know for sure. Lady, I only work here. The proprietor's gone with the police to make a report. I tell you, I never saw any of these guys before. None of them were our regulars. This man who was slashed, surely you know what he looked like. Sort of heavy set and bald. My father... We have to drive straight to the hospital. Honey, how can we? We don't know which hospital. Well, where's the nearest one? I haven't the slightest idea. Besides, that doesn't mean anything in New York. In emergencies, they go anywhere. Well, then drive to the police station. I don't know where that is. Find it and hurry. Lucy, please. You've gone off the deep end. Well, how would you feel if it was your father? Oh, what an idiot thing to say. They're both so close to me, I'd be undone if anything happened to either one of them. But something has happened, Doug. I know it. Oh, honey, you've jumped to a big and frightening conclusion without any proof. Two men? One of them bald? Yes. There could be thousands out on the town. Where are you going? Oh, there's nothing we can do. Except get to a telephone and wait. Lucy seems so certain that something has happened to her father. Of course, she's been influenced by a suggestion of disaster, further enhanced by an evening of fortune-telling. It is true, as Doug has said, that Lucy was jumping to a hasty conclusion. But when two old soldiers are commemorating D-Day, might they not be the first to come to the defense of someone who appeared about to become a victim of battle? We have another premonition to share with you presently when Mystery Theater returns with Act Three.
Many a mathematician has taken delight in relating our actions to the movements of pawns in a game of chess. The game we are playing might be compared to the thoughts of a wakeful chess player who, after spending an evening at the board, is tossing and turning as he replays the moves to himself and speculates, what if I had done this? Or what if I had moved in that direction? And right now, it's our turn to make the next move into the final act of our mystery drama. Oh, Doug, I hope we're doing the right thing. I can't bear to think... Give me your key, will you? Look, you will call the police right away, won't you? Just take it easy, Lucy. The way I see it, it was just a technical maneuver. Hey! Not at all. If you have a piece of paper, I'll draw a map and I'll show you. Dad! Uncle David! (laughs) Well, good heavens, who'd you expect? Hi, Dad, Uncle Gary. Wow, are we glad to see you. (laughs) Your enthusiasm is overwhelming. Well, you... You're all right, aren't you, both of you? Well, of course we're all right. But how did you know about our accident? What? Accident? I'd call it more than that. The knife. Oh, Dad, why did you do it? What knife? Why did I do what? Well, the man in the restaurant said Whoa, that they... Did... What, what's the matter with you two kids? They told us at the Club Shenandoah. Club Shenandoah? Well, where's that? But Gary, that's the place we didn't go to. Oh, the terrible-looking spot that used to be Monsieur Henry. Yes. Yes, weren't you there? That honky-tonk? We took one look and then found a nice quiet spot over on Madison Avenue. But, Dad, Uncle Gary did say something about an accident. Oh, a minor skirmish in a taxicab. You weren't hurt. Well, I had a bloody nose. And I got a crick in my neck. But what's that to a couple of old war horses? Now, come on, you long-faced characters... This is an evening for celebration. It certainly is. I think I'll hang these bells on that branch up there. Oh, I do love Christmas. And, Doug, when we have our own house... Ah, that's exactly what I was thinking, Lucy. And when is that going to be? Soon. But I had to be with Dad these past months with Mother gone, and especially at Christmas. I know, I know. You could have gone home. It was nice of you to stay. Pop appreciates it. I wouldn't want to be anywhere except with you. Oh, let's set a date, Doug. Now you're talking. Got any specific date in mind? What else but June 6th? (laughs) How can we have a wedding on the one day our dads go off for their private reunion? Who said anything about a wedding? You mean you'll do it my way? No fanfare, just a... just a justice of the peace? Exactly. We'll make it our day, not theirs. Oh, honey, you are terrific. (laughs) Hello? Yes? Yes? Oh, no, where? But why shouldn't I be worried? Uh, Of course, uh, of course, I'll be right there. Hey... What was that all about? It's Dad. He's in the hospital. But who were you talking to? What happened? Well, that was Dr. Daniels. He said not to worry, but... Dad, he... He's had a heart attack, and he's in St. John's Hospital. Oh, honey. He's going to die, Doug. I know he's going to die. Now, Lucy, stop that. I'm taking you to the hospital. Let's go. 
promise you will sound cheerful, Lucy. You heard Dr. Daniels. But I can't get it out of my mind. Now, forget your premonitions. Dr. Daniels said your dad is in better shape than either one of us, and that if he takes it easy, he can live to be 100. Oh, okay. Dad? Well, come in, sweetie. I'm sorry to pull a stupid stunt like this on Christmas Eve. How are you, sir? I'm fine. Oh, Dad, how can you say that? Well, I guess I've just been working too hard. Doc says after a few days' rest, I'll be back in top form. I'm going to stay here with you. Nonsense. From the looks of the nurses around here, I'm going to have a ball. Uh, Uncle Gary, I'm going to call my folks for Christmas. Shall I tell Dad that you're in the hospital? You tell him just one thing, my boy, that I'll see him on D-Day. Lucy. Lucy, where's your dad? Why, he's at work, of course. What are you doing here this time of day? I thought he might have heard the news before I did. Have you had the radio on? No, I've been vacuuming, doing my spring cleaning. I tried at every payphone along the way, but the lines were all tied up. Uh, Let me use your phone, huh? Calm down, Doug. What's the matter? A bomb. A bomb. They said it went off in the executive offices. What executive offices? What are you talking about? Oh. Busy signals. Again, it's no use. I was out on the road. The report came through on the car radio. A bomb in Des Moines in Dad's bank. Not your father. Yes. Yes, I'm afraid so. But you don't know. What was the rest of the report? Look, I'll turn on the radio. No, please don't. I want to get it straight from the source. I tried the bank and the paper and the police. Didn't you call your home? How? How could I do that to Mother? Well, you must call her, Doug. Dial it direct right now. No, wait a minute. I got another idea. Hello? Hello? Dad? Well, well yes, on the car radio. I was out of the office. I, I've been trying desperately to reach you. Are you all right? Oh, thank God. Well, yes. Yes, as long as you're okay, that's that's all that matters. Give him all my love. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, Lucy sends love. Right, right. Okay, Dad, goodbye. Whew, boy. You see, you should have taken the advice you gave me. Don't jump to conclusions. Well, I know, but this was such a near thing, honey. He has a cold. Mom made him stay home today. He'd been trying to reach me to tell us not to worry. And he said to tell your dad... He'd see him on D-Day. Well, old buddy, it's the 15th of May. And time for us to make some plans. You bet, Gary. (laughs) Where'll it be this time? Well, I'm for keeping the destination a secret. You mean from our ever-loving families? Mm Mm-hmm. Don't you agree? Sure do. How about getting away from all civilization? Well, it suits me. Any ideas? Yep. I got a dandy. What about up at the lake? That Wisconsin fishing lodge where we went one summer. Hey, that's beautiful. But it's pretty inaccessible without a private plane. We'll get one. You still flaunting that pilot's license? You better believe. If you'll come more than halfway, we can rent a plane in Chicago. That's great. We better meet on the 5th. You can get away. Nothing's going to stop me. 
I'll see you at the airport in Chicago about 10 o'clock that morning. You're just in time for lunch. One whole week of glorious vacation. And you know, I didn't tell a soul that we're getting married tomorrow. <laughs> well, I don't think it's going to be a surprise to anybody. At <laughs> least of all our dads. Oh, Doug, I'll be so relieved when tomorrow's over. Hey, wait a minute. Oh, honey, I don't mean us. It's just that, well, once this reunion has passed, there'll be nothing to worry about. Oh, if you mean the computer, I've got plenty to worry about when I get back to the office. They're accusing me of breaking the darn thing. I hope it never works again. Uh, Lucy, love, computers are the way I earn my uh, hour living. Not by turning them into fortune-tellers. No, not fortune-telling, but a chance to open up the whole future so we'll know which way to go. Not if the future only lives... Uh, uh, don't say it, Lucy. I'll admit the machine must have had some bugs in it. But ever since that day, the tape has come out blank. You were tampering, Doug. Trying to turn it into a human brain. Superhuman, you mean. That's what's so eerie. Some kinds of medicine are too strong to take. Honey, how can a computer know that? It can't, silly. This one did. It behaved as though we'd gone one step too far. Oh, look, I'd like to forget it. Oh, so would I, at least for the next seven days. It's our time to celebrate. So, cheers. Oh, you sound like our dad. <laughs> did your old man get off on schedule? Yes, early this morning before I was up. And still the big secret about where he was going? Yes. But I happen to know he had an airplane ticket to Chicago. Uh-oh, you cheated. No one was supposed to know. But Chicago, I don't know. That seems like an odd place for them to have a reunion. Especially since he asked me to help him find his fishing rod. Well, lunch is ready. Come on. How about a little background music, huh? I'll turn on the radio. is it that you can always get a station with music while well, all I ever get is... We bring you a special news bulletin. Uh-oh. Shall I try again? No, leave it on. Let's eat. A report okay. has just come in of the crash of a private plane in an Illinois wheat field. Details are not available at the moment except that a farmer allegedly saw a small green plane flying low. Later heard an explosion. And now a fire is spreading rapidly over a section of his property out of control. Mm. Hey, this is it good, is Lucy. How'd you fix this chicken? Well, it's a new recipe. It's good, isn't it? Oh, it's great. I have just been handed an update on that plane crash. Checking with the Chicago airport, we have been told that a small green Cessna took off from there this morning. Yeah, you know, Dad used to have a green Cessna. Oh, but he hasn't had an airplane in years. Well, I know, but he's still flying. Lucy, this report is coming from Chicago. Oh, it couldn't. And here is still no, it a couldn't. report on the tragedy. We do not know the names of the victims, but it has been established that the plane had two occupants. Oh. The pilot, who was known to airport officials as the flying banker from Des Moines, oh. and a male passenger. Oh, Lucy. Repeat. Oh, the pilot, who was known to airport they officials were going to that, as the flying banker that from lake Des Moines, in Wisconsin. and a male passenger. We will bring you further developments as received by the newsroom. It is assumed that both men have perished. Dear God. Oh, no, this time it really happened. 
There can't possibly be any doubt. And absolutely no way that we can help them. That damn computer. It knew. It knew, you see. It knew there would be no reunion. But I'm glad it was wrong. Now will you believe that computers don't know everything? It was right, Lucy. It said... It that... said one of them would die. But both of them? It's... It's better this way. Better? Well, they were closer than brothers. And after all they went through together over the years. Yes. Yes, I suppose... I suppose if they'd had their choice, it's... It's what they would have wanted. We interrupt again to bring you further information on that plane crash in Illinois. Names will not be released until after the next of kin have been notified. But our report goes on to say that incredible as it seems, there is one survivor. <gasps> Doug! I'll be back shortly with a final thought. Two men met in a moment of violence when either could have died, but both were spared that time until finally for one came the inevitable. Why is an accident fatal to this person while that one is spared? Some say predestination. But how many times it seems a whim of fate makes a split-second change of direction? Tragedy? No. But mystery? Yes. Our cast included Robert Dryden, Jennifer Harmon, Ken Harvey, and William Redfield. Associate Director, Marlon Swing. This is Hyman Brown, producer-director, inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, then, pleasant dreams.